obviously we just kind of came out of here a global pandemic where there was issues yeah, with yeah. income and people paying and stuff like that are uh, even before there was pandemics and people got into situations like we we can't extend programs but we want to make sure that it makes sense right that we're not just going to say hey you missed the payment you're out it's mm -hmm. like hey i you know for some reason they, they move or something needs to change like that that are the things that we can be able to work with and be flexible with clients right ultimately yeah we, we want the best for everybody involved you're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Hello, and welcome back to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. Join us, your hosts, Paul Stevenson and Greg Campbell, as we delve into the dynamic world of real estate in Ottawa and its vibrant, vibrant capital city. While David Warren can't join us today, Greg and I are here to bring you expert insights, market trends, and insider tips to navigate Ottawa's ever-evolving real estate landscape. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer, seasoned investor, or simply curious about the local market, this podcast is your go-to resource for all things real estate in Ottawa, from exploding the hottest neighborhoods to decoding the latest housing market data. We've got you covered. So buckle up and get ready to embark on an exciting journey through Ottawa's real estate market with us, Paul Stevenson and Greg Campbell on the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. Buckle up. Buckle up, homeboy. <laughs> Buckle up. Down. Delve. Dive. Deep dive. <laughs> Buckle As... up. The ride of your life, homie. <laughs> oh, Gregory. How's it going? How's the weekend? It was good. As I was mentioning to you earlier, I was in Rockland. As usual. Dancing. Kids in competitive dance, you go where the uh, rehearsals are at. And for our group, it's in Rockland. So I was in Rockland for four hours on Saturday and two hours on Sunday. You know, I, I really need to start setting it up so that I have buyers or listing appointments in Rockland from now on on those days. Like, I think it's like <laughs> imperative that I literally focus on doing that. Yeah, your, Rockland, up, your Orleans Rockland realtor. Rocky. Just, just set up your signs all the way from Orleans to the dance studio so that anyone else that goes to the dance studio is just constantly seeing your face, you know? Like, right. wow, this Greg's everywhere. He's every he's everywhere. Well, you know, I should I should team up with my buddy Alistair from Keller Williams and just be like, listen, just let's just do some collabs here. Let's just do some collabs. You know, yeah. you're 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 the Rockland agent. I'm like I'm like your helper. I'll help I had, you. I was actually uh, I was at the Ottawa Symposium. I mentioned to you on the last episode. Actually, I mentioned to Greg on the last episode or to David. Sorry, because you weren't here last week. But we were talking about the symposium, and on the way to the symposium, I had. Uh, Past a few locations where I plug my signs and I had those lawn signs. Remember, I was running that yeah. contest where anyone you take a selfie with the sign, you get a gift card and so on. So I had a, another mortgage agent come up to me and mention that her mom is always asking, like, "Who's this Paul Stevenson? I'm seeing his signs everywhere because she lives in the area around my house, which is obviously where I focus the demographic of my mm -hmm. of my signage typically." So I just thought it was funny. Those signs they do work. People see them. They ask questions. Gets the conversation going. Can you still have those up, and that's in the snow, in the covered in no, snow. No, no, no. I don't have them up currently, but that's kind of my my go-to areas. Well, now I'm giving it away. Now when the contest starts, I'm going to have to go out to Rockland and put them there so nobody knows where they're at. Start <laughs> um, over. Yeah. The weekend was good for me. I didn't do much. Friday was I went out for a nice dinner with some friends. I went to hear some live music. And then Saturday was a day I spent with Sandra. It was a two-year anniversary of our what we call Meet Day, so the day we met, which is pretty special. And then yesterday, Madden had a semi-final game for soccer and they won so finals next weekend nice. all around great weekend you know it's nice got some quiet time did some work nice good time with the family it was awesome that's good yeah 
How how's the week, Greg? How are we looking? What's the market we're look, looking like? We're looking what good. The markets the market's absolutely picking up. There's way more showings on on all listings. Buyers are out. There's in a couple of occasions I've seen multiple offers on properties that have been sitting for over 150 days. Yeah. Which is random. So what happened to me actually on one this listing I've had on for a while, we got we'd had an offer it didn't go through. We had they called me back and after that we had another offer come in and what ended up happening was neither offer was accepted but one of the buyers felt very kind of taken aback because how do they believe that the offer was real right now in past circumstances what would happen is like you know you're presenting offers or whatever so you notify all the agents about yes the offers that you've received so that everybody's in the loop of what's going on now, when you're past that point, it's kind of like up to your discretion if you feel like you need to notify it through through the showing time app, which is what we use to book appointments so that everyone gets notified. So uh, I didn't do that because there's not really like legally, I don't have to, you know, as, as far as I know at this point, correct me if I'm wrong. And <laughs> but it caused it caused a little bit of a problem where the 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 buyer's agent knew that I was telling I'm like, listen, man, I go, if you're if your buyers are really that uncertain about it and they feel they're like how could this happen after 150 days on market that we have there's another offer suddenly when we submit ours right and mm -hmm. i explained it to him but i said look i said if they really want i can either put them in touch it can put you in touch with the agent or i can send over like you know like the top of the offer like redacted obviously without the information yeah uh, on it and you know he was like okay he's like he's like i get it he's like i'll i'll handle it he's like i'm just letting you know that they, i'm like yeah yeah that's fine mm -hmm. I, I totally get it so that's something that may come up. So moving forward, I think regardless of what the rules are, I will be notifying everybody through the Showing Time app so that they're aware that there is an offer just as a, as a courtesy, regardless of whether we have to or not. So I had, that's a great story. And, and I think that's probably very common that people don't understand that aspect of it. And it does happen often where you put in an offer and then it happened on my last house. It happens all the time. Like you put in an offer, all of a sudden there's another offer. And it seems too coincidental when you don't understand that the realtor that's receiving the offer is then telling everyone else who's interested in the property, hey, we got an offer. Are you interested? And that's yeah. kind of the final point where the other people that were interested in that property have to make that decision. Do I actually want to put an offer on this home and the people that do, okay, well, let's get in the game now. We've had some time, the dust is settled. We love this home. Someone else wants it. Well, I want it more, you know, and it becomes like a measuring contest yeah. of who wants it more. And, and then you kind of get wrapped up in that whole psychological game. But I had, yeah, I got three APSs over the weekend, two of which were multiple offer situations to your point. Really? One of which went for 20,000 over asking. And it was a, a like a freehold townhouse. And yeah, just, I mean, to your point, the market is picking up. Homes seemingly are not lasting long. Like I had multiple people message me on Saturday saying, we're putting in an offer. We're assuming there's going to be multiples. We'll let you know. And then Sunday morning, APS in my inbox. So like people are out shopping aggressively. And it's exactly what we said. Like February, March, April, people are going to get back in the market. Warm weather comes. If there's any inkling of rate drops, which now is becoming more relevant more more common mm. in the headlines that people are seeing that it's only going to stimulate the market further and it's going to make finding a home even more challenging and you know I, i'd be interested to see how the days on market have been looking over the last couple of weeks i i'd have to assume they're decreasing week over week oh, yeah fairly consistently yeah. i mean i don't have a specific number for that but yeah they're coming down 
for sure. Like, I think they'll be like, it'll be like 20 to 25 days soon, especially on townhomes. Yeah. And I mean, we had, I'm going to touch on this quickly just because we were, we were saying it, but I was reading an article this morning saying that we could reach 2% inflation by the summer. This was a study done by National Bank. So CIBC was the one originally that I think we were talking about, you know, they had, they were talking about building all the homes, national banks focusing on the uh, inflation and Bank of Canada rates. So the banks are very, uh, obviously do a lot of research on these, uh, on, on <laughs> obviously on the economy and where these things are heading. So, uh, you know, fairly reliable source, I would say there's a lot of money that go into these. So. It says, could Canada's headline inflation rate reach the neutral target of 2% by the summer, a full year sooner than the Bank of Canada's own forecast? National Bank of Canada thinks so. In a new report, economist Taylor Schlich argues that there's actually a clear path to 2% inflation by the middle of this year. To get 2% inflation, one doesn't need to assume inflation decelerates at all from the recent run rate, from the recent run rate he writes. Indeed, simply plugging in the average monthly increase in the past six months, which is plus 0.2%, brings you right to target in Q3. He notes that even with the problematic shelter inflation, which continues to run more than 6% above year-ago levels, and it's the leading contributor to headline inflation right now, which is hilarious because that's what's holding the rates up. This is also based on National Bank's expectation of GDP growth will turn negative in both the second and third quarters. There's a really good chart in here. I don't know. Obviously, if you're listening, you're not going to be able to see the chart, but it actually shows from January of 2021 till now, it's like a monthly economic monitor. So it shows the actual hand all time CPI inflation based on the kind of monthly seasonal adjusted rates. And it shows from here to the middle of the year, like what would need to happen to get to that 2%. And, you know, based on the numbers they're showing, it seems quite realistic. So what does that mean for the Bank of Canada rate cuts? Well, it means it's probably very likely that they, they might actually be underpricing the cuts in 2024. Uh, I know at the beginning of the year, and I mean, we're, we're kind of a pendulum because, you know, at the beginning of the year, they're saying anywhere from three to six cuts. And then a month ago, we were reporting based on these sorts of, you know, this sort of research that it's going to actually, they've decreased that now to somewhere between two and four cuts. And now with this new information, they're saying that they could actually see national banks currently guessing that they're going to drop potentially 125 basis points, which would be one and a quarter percent drop in the Bank of Canada's overnight target rate, which would bring it from the current rate of 5% down to 3.75. So that could potentially mean large drops on the variable rate side of things as well, somewhere in the maybe three to five three to five rate drops. So, you know, your, your variable rates could see a, a upwards of a 1% drop this year, one to one and a quarter. Okay. That's good. And that's for all those for all those people out there that watch the show and then say that we have no idea what we're talking about. Remember that this is information that's been given to us by by the press, by the, the media, by the banks. Well, and yeah. it is a moving target. We're, you know? not, like we're, not, we're really... not just we're not sitting here guessing, trying to pump, <laughs> pump, pump things up here. Yeah. But people, I mean, the, the proof is the proof is in the pudding. Like, you know, the the fact that we're both seeing the market shift, we're seeing these positive headlines come out and people are back actively in the market. The spring market is coming and it's undeniable that people are more willing to go out and shop for homes in the spring. There's more, there's usually more supply available. There's more people out shopping and that creates a buzz and that buzz yeah. creates price increases and multiple offers and, and competitive situations. So all these other things that are happening, these economic things, these are moving targets. It's not something where someone says it and it's a guess and we'll see what happens. Like every single day, every aspect of the economy is impacting these decisions and there's no way to constantly have your finger on the pulse, which is why right. a month ago, the information was different than it is today because a month has gone by. Certain things have happened with inflation, CPI, all these other factors that are going to impact this eventual rate cut. And that's why we're reporting week to week because it is changing. You know, you can't 
take the news from January 1st and apply it for the whole of 2024. It just doesn't work that way. Like our news cycles are constant. Yeah. They're ever changing and they're ever updating. So changing by the minute, changing by the minute, Gregory, I'd like to right. do a quick, can we do a quick segment, Greg? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to do a quick segment. We actually, uh, I talked about this last week, an amazing lender, no lender, partner, I would say, company that, that I met at the symposium called JAG, J-A-A-G. I talked about this on a, on a few weeks. We're joined today by their VP of business development, Alfonso Salemi, who is currently on mute just before, before you introduce yourself and you're not there. So I'll give you some quick background on JAG. So JAG is a company won Small Business of the Year by the London Chamber of Commerce in 2022. They won the 2023 Innovation Award and Small Business Award. They won the Best Places to Work by London Magazine in 2022. And Adam Wissink, which is our president and co-founder who I met as well at the symposium, he won top 20 under 40 in 2021. So a lot of accolades. And as I said, we're joined by Alfonso. So thank you very much, Alfonso, for being here. And uh, we're really excited to have you. And we're really interested to hear more about JAG and what you guys are doing. So maybe give us a quick synopsis about yourself and, and what you guys are doing over there. Awesome. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. And no, I really, really, it was great meeting you in Ottawa there, Paul, at the, at the symposium and, and having the chat. I think we said we, we, we shared the same barber. That's where we, I think I originally met in, the, but, no, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I really thank you for being on here and Greg, it's nice to meet you as well and, and appreciate the, the effort and the energy that you guys put into the, the real estate podcast, putting this information out there, dissecting the things that are out there in the media that we all have available and how it pertains, you know, to the different people at different times. So yeah, no, it's great to be here. Jag Properties, rent a home. So uh, like you said, a, a business, a company kind of like a lender. We, we work within the professional mm -hmm. sphere of, you know, the power teams of, of real estate, right? Realtors, mortgage brokers, all, all the, all the players that be, but ultimately if you, if you were to define it, we help people get into home ownership sooner than they thought possible. There's something that's preventing them today. And, and we kind of look at them from a similar, from a lender or a bank kind of standpoint and say, what do you need to do over that time period of two or three or, or four years so that you can get into home ownership. So, and, and at that point, we approve them for, for a purchase. They get to actually go out and choose the home. So there's no inventory. It's not like we have to do a rent to own at this particular house. They have a budget, 400, 500, 600,000. They get to go out and shop, look for their home and we purchase it. And when I say we, Jag Properties, along with joint venture partners, other individual investors, other families that want to buy residential rental property for an investment strategy. So we kind of pair them two together. We act as the property manager and the people manager of the, of the project and eventually kind of cross that bridge so that those tenant buyers, that's we you know that's what we, the phrase for them, tenant buyers or our clients, can get into home ownership. They've achieved their goal and they now start to build equity. While investors make a return on their investment, real estate professionals gain commissions from lenders and from, from sales commissions and, and, and help more people Everybody wins. I'm looking at the website here. It's it's very well done. And you're, I mean, you're targeting a bunch of cities. I mean, it seems to be working super well. I'd recommend that anyone go and check out this website. Uh, it's my first time on it right now. So I got a question for you. You know, based on, you know, in the past, there's there was always stories. People would talk about rent to, rent to own being, you know, people loved it for a bit and then they hated it because some some things had happened with certain companies that you know they were kind of taking advantage of the 
of the tenant or to, you know, who would become the owner. What, like, is there anything that you can tell me about what JAG is doing differently than what models may have done in the past? Absolutely. There's, there's definitely, there's a few things, well, more than a few that, that we do differently, or we think that what we're bringing to the rent to own industry and specifically with the JAG rent to home model. So number one is the, the screening process. So there has to be some type of ability for them to be able to qualify for a home in the next two, three, four years. It can't just be hopes and dreams. It can, it has to actually be stats in form of down payment, credit score, income, right? Those types of things, right? Working on a permanent residency, right? Building and budgeting towards a down payment. It, it's been a one, maybe a one-time blip in their credit versus, you know, their whole life, they, they were pretty good with their credit. So that's number one. So the screening process that, you know, the information, the documents, all the stuff like that, that we collect, we, we go through that screening process. Then it's a multiple touch point that we're, we're talking to our tenant buyers throughout the process, getting to know them, right? When, when we're, they're ready to go out and shop, we're meeting them, we're visiting them, we're going to the property that we're going to put the offer in with the realtor, with the inspectors, right? So there's that real human connection that we're making with these clients all the way through. One of the most important is our rent-to-home coaches or the follow-up that we're doing throughout the program. So when the program starts and we buy the home, sorry, realtors, mortgage brokers, that's the easy part. We now we're starting the program. Every two to three to four months, there, our team is in contact with the clients, making sure that they're improving their credit, saving up their down payment, claiming their income properly, working on their permanent residency, doing the things that you know at the end of the three years, they can come back to Paul and say, hey, look, now I'm ready to go. I have that mortgage because we weren't able to do that. So the follow-up, the constant communication that we have with the clients and, and really, uh, I guess it's, it's maybe being okay with it. We can't help every single person in the rent-to-own model, right? So we want to be able to help those people that can help themselves. So for sure, we've heard the scrutiny. We've heard everything you can imagine about rent-to-own and it doesn't matter what city, what town, Anywhere in Ontario that I've been that we've done a rent own, someone said we can't do that here, or uh, there's people right. that were it was illegal, or people screwed people, yeah. and for sure. But you know, it, it's how you set it up, setting up the client for success. There's other factors that I'm sure we'll get into a little bit, but a clear target for them to own the home. And and here's here's another I can keep going on, <laughs> but the predetermined purchase price. The client knows what they're going to buy the home for at the end of the term. It's set. At the beginning, we don't even start looking for homes until that's agreed upon. Monthly payments are agreed upon and they know what they're going to buy the home for at the end. So the end is the you base that price on like just an overall average increase of property value based on like what that what's like, I guess the term could be anywhere like two, five years. 10 years yeah, typically yeah we we've done up i think we even with extensions we've gone up to five years but typically okay. our program is about three years in term that's that time frame to repair the credit save up mm -hmm. down payment you know establish income at certain places right so that three-year term so that it's typically a five percent appreciation that we use per year okay yeah that seems so yeah. And again, we look at different areas like if you know GTA or hotbeds, but we're really within that band what we were staying around that 5%. And the other part is we're kind of reverse engineering it. When Paul, when you're looking at a file with your client's income down payment credit, you have more or less an idea of a price range, mm -hmm. right? So if we're looking at their current situation today and looking, okay, well, what's real, what's going to change? Is it their income going to increase? Is their credit going to increase? Is they going to have more of a down payment? We can predict, hey, in two, three, four years, they're going to be able to buy at 600, 650, 
we reverse engineer that and say, we need to be looking at, I don't know, five, five fifty today at that point. Yeah. I like that you approach it from the, from the aspect of like a plan, like you're actually advising them on how to become homeowners. Cause I think where everything kind of lost its, there, there was kind of a stigma, right? Around rent to own. And I was saying like, when we first got into brokering 10 years ago, over 10 years ago, it seemed more common then. And then there was kind of these ruffles of things that happened. And then it kind of disappeared for many years. Like when I met you guys, I was kind of surprised at the model because I hadn't heard of any rent to own programs for many, many years. So it was surprising, but I love the planning aspect because to me, that's like the education side of it is the biggest hurdle mm. because I think in the past people would get that future sales price, they would get their plan, and then they would just be left to their own devices for two years. And if you have potentially, you know, if you have, let's say, a, maybe a poor credit history, or if you don't understand how to manage your money properly or what have you, you might, if you're left to your own, you know, your own decisions and so on, like in two years, you might be even in a worse place than you were when you started. And then the owner takes back the home and that's when the bad stories come out. Cause then, you know, you can't actually buy the house because you put yourself in a, in a challenging position. And then you're only hearing one side of the story, right? You're only hearing the story of the homeowner who got screwed as opposed to what wasn't done, which is that advice and that planning piece. So I think that's a huge part of this is that you're actually, not to sound condescending, but holding their hand from the beginning to the end into the home. You're not just saying, here's a future price in three years go have fun for three years. Like you're actually, I love that you're meeting with them every quarter, every couple months to say, mm -hmm. where are you at? Let's do this. Let's do that. Let me need to redirect this. Your credit score has actually dropped a bit. Let's refocus on this. Like you're actually guiding them on how to do it, which is amazing. Like that's, I think that's what was lacking in the past. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you know, people left to their own devices, not knowing you're a mortgage broker. So you understand the intricacies of credit. Not mm -hmm. everybody is a mortgage broker has gone through that training or understanding of doing that. So if they're trying to do their own mortgage brokering or understanding without the proper tools or knowledge, that's what we're trying to provide. And, and unfortunately, just the way that the system, the banks, the lenders are set up, they're not there to help them and educate. They're there to transact and do the business and get the deals done at the end of the day, right? So when, when my grandfather immigrated in the mid 60s, he came here from Italy, he would be friends with the bank manager. They would all know it was a community. They'd be all working together. They'd have somebody in their corner, their coach to get them over that line. Today, the bank kind of is is there. It's like, well, you do or you don't. When come back, when you do. It's now or of, never. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that that that's right. So that that guidance, that that, that hand holding is, if you call it. I, I've always used the analogy of like working out. Okay, so if you're the basement warrior that you have, you know, the dumbbells from the '70s, and you're ramboing it out, and you're good, and that that's <laughs> what you can maintain. That's awesome. Okay, but some people maybe, hey, I need a gym membership. I need to get out of my home space. I need to get into a different zone, a different element, and I know the machines that I'm going to work on, my routine, and I'm out. And then finally, there's the person that needs the personal trainer. Yeah. That is literally grabbing them by the ear and saying, three more, four more, five more, let's go, right? And doing yeah. that. So wherever you fall on that financial workout spectrum, that's where you, you know you should guide and go towards, right? To get that help, that assistance, if it's important enough to you. Well, and the mo I love that analogy. The most important thing there too is that the result is the same. Like at the end of the day, you're still getting the pump, you're still growing, you know, but it's just a different process. Everyone has a different process to mm -hmm. get there. So I love that this is just another tool that people can use. And that's what really you know, piqued my interest. And that's why I brought it to the show to, to Dave and uh, Greg. I know Dave was disappointed he wasn't going to be here because I know he was excited to, to speak to you as well. But yeah, I think, I think it was a really neat model. What you guys are doing is very unique. And we would certainly advise anyone who's, uh, who's listening right now to go check out the website, 
you can speak to myself. Uh, I'll make sure that Dave's informed as well. And, you know, I, I'm obviously in constant contact with Alfonso. So we can, anyone who has questions about this, certainly feel free to reach out to myself or Alfonso directly and we can, we can help guide you on that. But I don't know, Greg, do you have any, another, one, any other I questions? I have one final question. I have one Hit question him. because I know. Hit him with it. Give him a hard one. I know that this is going to be a question that everyone's going to be thinking about based on this. So for the for the down payment, now I'm sure that you have a couple of different ways of doing it. Someone may have a little bit of money; they can they can put that towards it, and then someone may have no money. And then you you work it out like that. But my question is: let's say let's say you need let's just say fifty thousand dollars to make it easy. Someone has $5,000. Your plan is to be the homeowner with the $50,000 deposit over the next three years. Does that deposit come from a type of overpayment, a monthly overpayment with a portion going towards the deposit as like a forced savings plan? Yeah, you, you, you pretty much got the concept. But if we were at that gap, that example, five to 50, right. it's probably a little bit too low. Our minimum criteria to start the program is a minimum of 3%. And then it all depends. Do we okay. need to have the client get to 5%, 10%, 20%, depending on their financial circumstance? So Greg and Paul could be could, you know, approved for the same purchase price of say $500,000. Their, their uh, essentially rental payment will be the same because it's going to cover your mortgage, your tax, your insurance. But Greg, let's just say you have, you started the program, you have more down payment. Mm -hmm. Your payment's going to be lower than Paul than that had maybe less to start with. He had the minimum over the three. same period of time to get to the final answer. The exactly, exactly. So your payment's going to be less. Paul's will be more, but we're ultimately going to get to that fifty thousand in your example at the end of the program, so that there's the ten percent saved. The payment changes depending on how much you enter the program. At least that minimum three percent. And then, so you're vetting that they're able to actually make that monthly payment with the savings. Like that's the approval. 100%. Yeah, if they cannot, cool, we, if we cannot, then we don't, we don't want to even start because then that becomes a problem. That's where the problem right. is, is starting right there. Yeah. I got a question for Alfonso. What is your, yeah. this might not even be a stat you have, but I'm going to ask anyways, what is the kind of start to completion rate, like percentage wise? Like how many people get in your program and actually end up buying the home at the end of it? So yeah, for, for the last, we're, we're coming up on 10 years of business, close to 300 projects that, that we're, we're getting to over a 90% success rate. And Incredible. it's because of those things that I mentioned in the screening process, but also obviously we just kind of came out of here, a global pandemic where there was issues yeah, with yeah. income and people paying and stuff like that are uh, even before there was pandemics and people got into situations like we, we can't extend programs, but we want to make sure that it makes sense, right? That we're not just going to say, Hey, you missed the payment. You're out. It's mm -hmm. like, Hey, I, you know, for some reason they, they move or something needs to change like that. That are the things that we can be able to work with and be flexible with clients. Right. Ultimately, yeah, we, we want the best for everybody involved, but it's still, it, if you don't make a mortgage payment, <laughs> right. Or a few, you miss a few, then you're going to, it's kind of, it goes through that process, but over 90% uh, of our success rate. And, and again, flexibility and, and the, uh, the screening process is, is attributed to that. It's great. That's awesome. That's what, that's much higher than I would have expected. So I think that's a testament to, to what you guys are doing and, yeah. and doing it properly, which is great. Oh, okay. I have another question. <laughs> J Jag. This is this is a simple one. Jag. J A A G. What does it stand for? 
That was the the initial, uh, I guess, founders of the of the company. One of those A's is for an Alfonso. Paul met my my business partner now, Adam. So those are the two A's that remain. But those are the initial initials for of the. Okay. Founders. So nothing nothing crazy, nothing special. Cool, we, well. we had a couple of vowels, a couple of consonants, and you know, kind of put some <laughs> together, right? So <laughs> Greg's picturing Greg's picturing the '90s drama television show. There. Oh okay. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, we don't. Yeah. No, we don't. Military listen, Air Force uh, Police or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember what it stands for. We've anyway. gone all across Ontario, so I wish I had a plane at some point so that we could go visit all the properties. <laughs> yeah. But no, we, we've uh, we've just yeah, no, that'd be cool. I remember that show for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and funny story when when we first met, we were we were talking, and I was I was mentioning David and and referral and so on, and uh, you know that that Dave and I had founded that many years ago, and he's like, oh, I have a couple of agents from there that that I know from up north, and I was like, oh, I like called like said who the agents were instantly, and he's like, what? Like it was just such a small. Like just the fact that they're in Northern Ontario and just the whole thing was very, a lot of synchronicity there. So it was a really cool way to, to meet. And you just never know who, what the connections are. You got to ask no. questions, Greg, you know? Yeah. You Universe is amazing. That's World's right. great. Well, thank you, Alfonso. We'll have to delete the first part where I try to exit you from the show uh, and say goodbye. <laughs> and then we talk for another 15 minutes. So we do very much appreciate your time. I know you were uh, fairly limited today. So we appreciate you taking the time to, the extended time to talk to us. And, and we'll definitely make sure to, to promote jaagproperties.com. So jagproperties.com, anyone wants to yeah. check them out. Uh, a lot of really good info on there. And I know you guys are very involved in the community. So thank you for that. And thank you for being here as well. It was my pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for asking those questions. And there's always going to be one more question. It definitely, yeah. that's what I found over the years. <laughs> so don't feel free, reach out, get in contact. And, and just a pleasure to be here with you guys, gentlemen. Take care. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. So, so speaking on rentals, Gregory, cool. First of all, cool company. No, I'm, I'm happy that. Uh, you know what, it. man? That's, that's great to like, I feel confident in him and I feel confident in just that conversation and the, the website and their success rate to speak about that to certain people yeah. that I meet, you know, whereas before, like there was nowhere to go. Like I never, you know, I'd be like, I'd be like, forget that. Forget it. Yes. <laughs> Don't think about that. Now I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's really neat. And and I mean, having met the the two founders that were there too, or the two owners, sorry, who are brothers, I think Adam is the president and then his brother is now somehow involved in the company, but really, really nice guys, like really got a good feeling from them. So it was, uh, it was a really nice conversation. Um, speaking on rentals, Greg, I, I did touch on this last week, but I found this awesome report that I think anyone who's interested should go check out. It's at rentals.ca. It's their national rent report for February, 2024. And it actually shows a full chart of the country it shows the minimum rent and the maximum rent based on like a color chart. And it mm -hmm. actually shows uh, based on rank from one to 35, like most expensive to the least expensive. And it actually shows for both one bedroom and two bedroom month over month and year over year. So like very, very deep dive into a <laughs> delve into, uh, into the <laughs> rent costs across Canada for all the major cities. It also shows a national overview, average listed rent by property type. So apartment, condominium, house and townhome. It, it shows the comparison of rent requests, like the average asking rent before COVID and after COVID. It's just got, it's got a lot of really interesting yeah, this statistics is in there. Everybody should go and check out this, this page here. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're thinking about renting or if you're a landlord and you want to know this information, like it would, it would take us a whole episode to go through all the statistics, but I found it extremely valuable and I've definitely bookmarked it and I'm going to come back here monthly because I, I believe this is something they put out every month. So 
really kind of good to keep a finger on the pulse. And we'll make sure actually moving forward, if people are interested, that we'll we'll kind of give an update on this month to month as well, especially now with rent being 50% of the population is renting. So, you know, that's very important for us to keep everyone in the know. Still real estate, you know, even if you're not buying, still still real estate related. Housing. Yeah, the exactly. Housed. Housed. Housing. Yes. I have... You know what? I don't think that article is really necessary anymore. You kind of touched on that strong in the first half. So I'll just leave this other one out. But, you know, just saying the Bank of Canada likely to cut rates before the U.S. due to weak economy. Mm. I mean, you know, we kind of touched on that. You know, for any anyone out there that listens to the show or watches or watches us religiously, Better Dwelling is a really great website for uh, information. I find it super helpful. Get it in my inbox. I feel informed. Yes. Yeah. Better okay. dwelling. I also find nerd wallet. Uh, nerd wallet. Yes. Very good. Very like compre- like like holistic financial advice in all areas. So really neat. Mood boost, Greg. Should we roll into some mood boosts? Boost me. Boost my mood. I have I have three today. They're all decent. They're decent. Number one. RIP boiling water. You will be missed. <laughs> yes. Yes. Number two, what's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? One's pretty heavy and the other's a little lighter. (laughs) And number three, I searched for a lighter on Amazon, but all I could find were 6,000 matches. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yes. (laughs) All three. Fire. Yes. Fire in the hole. Very good. All three. Uh, so thank you everyone, Dave, we miss you today. I know Dave, Dave's going to be kicking himself. Cause I know he was very excited about the, the Dave would have had some questions. Yeah. He would have some questions for sure. We'll have to have them back on, but thank you everyone for listening. New episodes are out every Tuesday morning, 10 AM. And we record every Monday. You can check them out on YouTube, any streaming platform and check out our socials. We've got some shorts going up now, kind of clips from the show. And we're actually doing additional content. We just started that this week, Greg. So me, Greg, and Dave are going to be kind of putting out exclusive content mm-hmm. just for the socials. So if you're following the show and you want to kind of keep up to date on their real-time data, shorts, follow us and we will, we will continue driving content, information, education, collaboration. Information, information education. <laughs> What's the, another shun the, word? The, edu- the education of information. Yes, exactly. Oh, thank you, Greg. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Paul. (laughs) Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe, because we'd really like that. 